0: This is the This Is Gonna Hurt Podcast with Jay Gordon Duncan. Hello friends, and welcome to another episode of the This Is Gonna Hurt Podcast with Jay Gordon Duncan. And if you're wondering why the J, the answer is, I am not a bagpipe player. And if that joke doesn't make any sense to you, I encourage you to check out episode zero, where I explain that joke, as well as the purpose of the This Is Gonna Hurt Podcast, where we talk about faith, family, fitness, finances, and sometimes fun. Well, friends, thanks so much, as always, for tuning in. Um, here we are. We're a couple of weeks into January 2021. Uh, this is a huge week uh, for our country. Um, today, this uh, episode is debuting on Martin Luther King Day. We have the inauguration on Wednesday. No matter what anybody thinks about that, no matter what side you're on, that is still a huge moment in step in our country And so in light of the not knowing what's going to go on and the many areas of security around it, um, as this episode debuts, all I can do is offer my prayers and my wisdom to anybody might ask for. But right now we're just praying for a time of peace in our country. So no matter where you are in the midst of the lay of those things, I pray for your peace today. Um, I pray for peace for our country and safety and the peaceful transition of power um, no matter what, again, folks, no matter where you feel about these things, no matter who you voted for, no matter what your opinion are about things in the capital or the present, uh, we've got to pray for uh, peace in our country, and uh, we've got to pray that uh, we can find an area of stability and move towards an area where uh, folks are cared for and where folks have a voice. Uh, we're just going to pray mightily for the uh, coming year and the coming four years, as I have done uh, for the past four and the prior four before that and the prior four before that. So thank you so much for being here. Well, and again, I just want to say last week we got a great response. We got great listens. Um, I appreciate that a lot. Last week was a dual episode between this and the Capitalize Your Best podcast. So thank you again if you listen to it um, there or listen to it here. I appreciate it. And uh, excited about what we're going to talk about today. Um, Today uh, is if you're listening to this on the day it debuts – Today is Martin Luther King Jr. Day, a day in which the entire country, um, many, many, many places, um, the schools are closed, it is federal holiday, uh, there's a lot going on in terms of that, um, but it's a day in which the country, country is taking a moment to respect and honor the work of Martin Luther King Jr. And I want to share with you um, my background, my history with understanding um, who Martin Luther King Jr. is and his work. And there's a curve going on for that. And what I mean by that is that uh, there's a growth on my part in understanding who he was and how I grew to appreciate him more and more. Uh, I shared with you all back around... Not far past um, the Charlottesville incident, I shared with you um, what my background was like growing up in Smithfield, North Carolina, Johnston County. Um, that area um, in the 70s and even going into the 80s, uh, excuse me, uh, was an area that was infamously um, synonymous with a lot of KKK activity. Um, one of the first memories I have as a person around 73 to 74. Uh, was crossing the Neuse River Bridge into Smithfield, and there was a billboard that said along the lines of, um, the KKK welcomes you to Johnson County, or the uh, Johnson County is KKK country, something along those lines, but there was literally a billboard as you drove into Smithfield um, that was purchased by and promoted the KKK. And then also in growing up, there was a phone number that you could call, Um, that uh, once a week or once a month will be updated with just racist ramblings um, from a man named Glenn Miller, who went on to become known as a terrorist down in uh, New Orleans. Um, But he was well-known in our area. And as late as um, probably 84, 85, I remember working um, at a department store on Market Street, which is the main street of Smithfield, and there was a Klan march Um, I think it was 85 when that happened, and so that was a lot of the culture um, that I I grew up in. That was a lot of the setting, and so uh, growing up through high school, I honestly had uh, no understanding or no awareness of who Martin Luther King Jr. was, really uh, none whatsoever, and I'm pretty confident. That uh, Martin Luther King Day was not established in the 80s. That's a, a detail I, I wish I had looked up uh, prior to this. Um, but no, he, that uh, that was not really a, a moment or or anything that was really recognized, at least for me, as I uh, as I grew up as a teenager in rural North Carolina, and so it just uh, it, it just wasn't something that was on my radar. Um, I did have a chance to look at it real quick. Um, The first time Martin Luther King Day was observed was 1986. Um, And so uh, it was officially observed in all 50 states in 2000. Um, Arizona, New Hampshire, and Utah were the last three to recognize it. And so not until 2000, did all 50 states uh, recognize it? Um, George H.W. W. Bush in 1992 declared that it would be the third Monday of each month. So you can see that timeline declared in 86. Uh, George H.W. Bush uh, established it for the third Monday of January. And then by 2000, it was finally recognized. Um, so you can see that it was a, a slow rollout. And so even slower for me. Um, so, uh, growing up as a teenager, really no understanding of who he was, um, the history classes that I took, didn't emphasize him at all, and, uh, and I, listen, I, I wasn't amazingly studious, but I was an engaged student, I was an A and B student in high school, um, so when he really became aware of me is, uh, to me, is when um, my junior and senior year, the last half of my junior year and all of my senior year, I, I transferred to a Christian school in Goldsboro, North Carolina. Now, the intention of what I'm about to say is not to be overly critical about those guys. I'm very thankful for that Christian school. Uh, it was a time where I wanted uh, some specific um, Christian education and, and friends and surrounding, and I needed it personally. Um, but during that time uh, I arrived, um, I would have arrived there in late 87, early 88. So you can see it was around the time that this holiday was established. It was the first time I really had a recognition of who Martin Luther King was. Um, because in one of our history classes, uh, there was a discussion of Martin Luther King Jr., Now, of course, um, looking back now, uh, and I want to talk about this in a little bit, his impact that he had uh, for the African-American community and uh, the impact he had in the civil rights movement was huge. Um, But uh, he was brought up in a history class, and I remember having, I believe it was a private conversation with one of my teachers about um, what was perceived to be uh, a lot of aggression and uh, a a disregard for who he was and what he had done and so straight up i asked what's wrong with martin luther king jr and this one specific teacher told me that he was a communist and that he was an adulterer and so that's what this one teacher's opinion was of martin luther king jr uh, that he was a communist and that he was an adulterer well In the 80s, there was almost no greater um, concern or no greater threat than to call someone a communist because, uh, you know, we were in the Cold War then. Uh, We were uh, in the battle with Russia to make sure we weren't going to get nuked or, uh, I mean, there was the whole battle for for nuclear arms and everything, Um, and so... He said, well, he's a communist and an adulterer. I want to take those one by one. And so when you said, hey, this person's a communist uh, in the late 80s of uh, America, that was like, whoa, and so that was just kind of the place marker for me. Now, was Martin Luther King uh, a communist? Well, it looks like that President Hoover had um, placed uh, Martin Luther King under um, surveillance and he wiretapped and tracked Martin Luther King starting in the 50s and uh, going forward and the FBI feared that Martin Luther King was under the influence of some well-known communist and uh, there was a great concern about that and despite all the surveillance that was conducted you know, in, in 1976, the FBI acknowledged that they had no real evidence that Martin Luther King was a communist. Um, but that was their concern. They were afraid that he was, uh, you know, and, and if you don't know your history, you know, the, the movement from the FBI to root out communism in this country in the 50s and 60s was pretty great. And so it was very possible to be under surveillance or to be under the allegation. And uh, so we learn later in 2017 when all these files were declassified um, that uh, there's no real evidence at all that he was a communist. Not I mean, And by communist, meaning like actually tied to Russia communists. Um, and so uh, now we see that. But that teacher at that time was like, well, he was just a communist and disregarded. Now, the other allegation that my teacher offered um, was that he was an adulterer. Um, Now, I want to offer, first of all, that if he was an adulterer, um, that put him in the same fraternity as everyone from King David to Donald Trump. Um, It it, uh, would be awful that if he was unfaithful to his wife, and But it doesn't mean that we disregard every single thing that uh, he accomplished. Um, It looks like that at this point in time um, that there was evidence that he was unfaithful. And uh, that seems to to be part of his legacy. Um, But at that point in time, that was what the opinion of Martin Luther King Jr. was to this teacher. That, well, he was a communist and he was an adulterer. So, uh, unfortunately, heading into the late 80s, that's all I thought of Martin Luther King. It was the only real input I had from anybody of authority, and I had not sought him out. So, heading into college, and I started my freshman year in 1989, and I've talked before about uh, some of the influences my professors had on me and some of my studies uh, when I went into college. Um, You know, I took... um, History classes that went way more in depth into history, and I began to have a, a broader scope of the impact that Martin Luther King had on the civil rights movement and uh, the nonviolent movement. And of course, read and understood the I Have a Dream speech for the first full time, and having a, a bigger picture of the things that he said and that he wrote and his inspiration uh, to many people who did not have a voice and the impact that he had in opening up um, equal rights to people who did not have it. and My eyes were opened up. Um, I began to understand that yes, in his personal life he had been unfaithful. And Again, I will offer that many, many people that we have had a great respect for, again, everyone from King David all the way to Donald Trump, have been unfaithful. It doesn't necessarily disqualify the impact they've had on our larger country. Um, But I began to realize, wow, there's a lot more going on here than to just dismiss him for those two qualities, one of which is unfounded. And then, as my writing and my studying as an English education major moved into um, a great interest in African American literature, and the Harlem Renaissance, which was way, way, way predating Martin Luther King, um, I began to have a broader understanding, as best as I could, of the impact that Martin Luther King Jr. had on the civil rights movement, uh, equal rights uh, for everyone, and then, of course, just the the value of having uh, the influence he had for the African American community. And so it was really during that time that... um, understanding who he was uh, opened up to him, and I had a great and a deeper and a broader appreciation of who he was, um, and the absolute um, horror that was his assassination. And so this was 1989 to 1993 for me, as my eyes began to open. Well, I became an English teacher, and I taught high school English uh, through 1997, and uh, as I've mentioned before, in my high school uh, teaching experience, I worked at an alternative school. So to get to me, your qualification was that you had to be expelled from another school. And uh, so I gathered in a bunch of students. And uh, honestly, it was full it was a very mixed community because um, the, it was a lot of diversity in terms of socioeconomic and background. Um, I had uh, students way out in the country, beyond Rocky Mount, North Carolina, a little area called Middlesex, and then I also had students from um, city of Rocky Mount, um, where the county line literally was uh, along the um, a rail tr- railroad tracks and had a great impact. And so my student, my my school was a, a hugely diverse community, and uh, the. The challenges of mixing those communities in a very small classroom with classes no bigger than 15 people was huge. And so I had an opportunity uh, to teach and to dispel uh, some of the very myths that I was uh, raised and taught with in high school. And an opportunity to um, hopefully and perfectly expand the mind of my students uh, to see the impact that Martin Luther King Jr. had um, not just... On the African American community, but uh, for the country and then uh, for the world as well. And so, but part of my story has always been that um, I had to overcome the prejudices that I was taught. That um, I was, you know, it was just, it was a dismissive, well, he was a communist and, and that was it, And the, and he was an adulterer and that was it. And yes, again, his private life, um, he had failings. And uh, there's absolutely no proof that he was an active um, a communist, that he was part of uh, the Russian communistic movement. Um, that was quite often just a criticism for anybody in the civil rights movement who stepped forward. Um, but uh, the government itself, in 2017, the CIA uh, declassified their files to say that there, there wasn't evidence um, that he was. And so here we sit on Martin Luther King Day. My kids are home from school, and I'm thankful they get a day to recognize the impact that Martin Luther King Jr. had. And uh, I'm thankful um, also that uh, when Martin Luther King Jr. is taught and his uh, letters from the jail and his I Have a Dream speech are brought up, that he's just not dismissed away as he once was. Martin Luther King Jr. is an inspiration for many people, Uh, one, to uh, strive for very, very difficult uh, dreams and to overcome challenges. Um, He's an inspiration uh, to make sure that we don't go backwards in uh, making sure of the equality of uh, rights. Uh, He just made an impact. And so I look at it as, uh, again, um, I hate that the impression of that one teacher was what it was and that. That's what he gave me, and and that's what I held on for a couple of years. Uh, But I also know that was a long time ago. And uh, my hope and prayer is that as we interact with people, uh, we will see them as failed and people just like we are. That we will recognize that uh, no one's perfect and that we are sinners. That we will extend grace to one another, uh, which is the call of mine as a Christian. And uh, that we'll see others as better than ourselves, which is, again, the call of Jesus Christ. That we'll see others as better than we are. And that we will be the first to stand up when we see people who are being uh, humiliated or we will see people who are being oppressed. Um, Oppression is not the language or uh, the actions of Christianity whatsoever. Uh, So I'm thankful today that our country has a moment, which I hope it gets to catch its breath. Um, before we move into this uh, time of transition midweek. And I just wanted to share my story. I hope it is uh, an inspiration uh, to you, not for anything I've done, uh, but an inspiration to see that we can come a long way in our thinking and it can have an impact on us when we're willing to admit our mistakes. So, friends, I hope today is an encouraging day. Um, I hope that if you do have an opportunity for rest, I hope you get to enjoy it. And I look forward to talking to you again next week. Uh, If you've enjoyed this episode, I would ask that you would like it, share it. I would love for you to go on iTunes and give us a big old five-star review. And I'll be back again next week. Thanks so much. Bye-bye.